Gamecock Nation, welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, the home opener is here. The Gamecocks will kick off their first of seven home games this season in Williams-Brice on Saturday, just two days away. I appreciate everyone joining another episode of the Cocky on Saturday podcast here, and I'd like to say officially that UNC is behind us. While there is a lot to learn from that game and a lot we can improve on, it does nothing to harp on it or resonate with that one. It is behind us. It's time to look forward. Furman's coming into Columbia on Saturday. That is where our focus should be and beyond that game as well. Before we jump into our keys of the game and breaking this one down, just a quick update on the injury front. Unfortunately, we got the terrible news that Mo Kaba is out for the season. Is yet to be confirmed if it is his ACL, but that's what it sounds like. And you just feel for the guy. His third ACL tear. That's just not something you can prepare for. It's sort of one of those things that ends up being a freak injury. And at this point in time, you know, he has to make a decision if he wants to try to come back. And, you know, if he doesn't or his doctors don't want him to, it's fully understandable. I appreciate everything he's done for the Gamecocks. All the potential in the world was there and is there. And I, you just have to feel for him. And then the doubtfuls for Saturday, so doubtful typically means these guys are not going to play, and even if they are suited up, don't really expect them on the field unless unless it is a dire situation. So that would be Marquis Anderson, the young freshman guard. There's been a lot of noise about, hey, will he make a jump and help out this starting unit? Well, doesn't look like he'll be able to go on Saturday. Case and Henry, the starting tackle from last game that went out in play four, is doubtful this week. Do not expect him to come back really anytime soon, but we do expect him to come back this season. And just to run through the rest here, Nicky Mamwari is doubtful, JT Gear is doubtful, and along with David Spaulding. And I'll throw this in there. Juice is probable or questionable. I'm not sure exactly how they are clarifying his injury status. He said himself that he wants to be out there on the field, but I would not be shocked if we held him back in this game. There's no reason to force it. Sounds like it's just one of those nagging injuries. I'd much rather have him 100% for Georgia rather than him trot out against Furman. Some other key points from the press conferences this week. Beamer made a strong statement. You know, now's the time to get your knocks in on the offensive line, but show them the respect when they do figure it out. It sounds like they are being aggressive with changes. That is their focus point right now. They want to get this thing fixed, and Beamer has faith that that group, whoever that five ends up being, will get it together by the end of the season here. I also love Dow Loggins' approach to the press conferences. It's a breath of fresh air compared to what we were dealing with with Satterfield. Satterfield was very hush-hush and didn't really give us much. Dow Loggins just tacks the points of emphasis. He's letting us know, yes, it's an ongoing process for this offensive line. And, you know, he's talking through some of the changes they're taking a look at. And every door is open. You know, young freshmen, other experienced guys on the roster, they're testing out everything. And 
ultimately their goal is to find the best five and let those guys gel together at some point. That is one thing you could probably point to is it took us a long time to figure out who that starting five was. They don't quite have the chemistry, and that is important on an offensive line. When you're seeing stunt moves up front, you need to kind of know what the guy next to you is going to do or what his tendency is. The more you're able to get those guys playing together, the more efficient they'll be at picking up those stunt moves and extra blitzers. Moving on to the game here, I want to remind everyone, take this one seriously. And that's what this team is being reminded to do as well. Just go back to last year. Furman's a solid squad. They went into Death Valley and gave Clemson a real scare last season. This is a team that's number five in FCS. So yes, they are a level beneath us, but they are very much at the top of their game in their respective division. At the same time, this should not be a game that's super close. You want to make sure you're taking care of business. We don't want any sort of mental lapses coming off a week like last week. I don't think anyone's looking past this game. But in this game, you do have a great opportunity. You can go out and try different configurations with the offensive line, maybe get younger players on the offensive line like Tree Babalade, Trevon Ball, kind of in the mix and just see what they have. With the new redshirt rules, those guys get four appearances in games this season. You know, Furman's probably one of the ones I don't want to say you get wasted on, but you could test those guys out. You'll know pretty quickly if they're up to the challenge. And then defensively, I'd say the biggest thing we need to figure out in this game is who's taking over that nickel spot. I think after last week, maybe long term, once Eamon Worry comes back, you'll feel very confident with Kilgore taking over at a safety role. And potentially you can move DQ Smith down to that nickel slot. I think that's probably our best combination. But we're not in a spot right now where even Worry is healthy. Keaton Nelson got the start last week, but I'm sure you guys all saw he got beat pretty badly twice on touchdown throws. And those were not his only missteps. I liked what I saw of him in the bowl game, but he certainly got exposed a little bit last week. And that's not to say he cannot turn it around, but I think that position's wide open right now. With Spalding out, I think we'll see a lot more of Kawan Banks. We saw him pick up an interception towards the end of last game. I'd like to see what he can do with a full workload. So I think he'll certainly be into the mix. And then I, I do wonder, and I know these two guys maybe traditionally play an outside cornerback role, but King Dominion Ford, uh, the new scholarship player, if you guys saw that video, And then true freshman Judge Collier from Rock Hill. I wonder if we'll get those guys into the mix. I think, again, this is a game you can throw some guys out there. You will know pretty quickly if it's working or not. But now's the time to take the look. Against Georgia, you will not have that luxury. So test it out this week. Figure out what your best grouping is and go from there. Two other quick points on the defense. I expect Drew Tuazama to get the start at defensive end. He looked very solid in the little bit he did play against UNC. He's the brand new grad transfer. This is only his second week of practice in pads, but I think you know he showed some promise last week, and that was barely knowing the playbook. The more and more he gets in there, the more I think he will continue to impress, and I think he sort of is a plug-and-play guy. It'll also be very interesting to see how the depth shakes up at linebacker. With the loss of Mo Kava, we all of a sudden become a little bit more thin at that position. Debo Williams, Stone Blanton are a great one-two punch as starters, but to expect them to play every snap of every game is unrealistic. 
So behind them, it does look like Bam Martin Scott will be good to go this week, along with freshman Pup Howard. He did not play last week. Is it, We did expect to see him, but he actually did not get into the game. I think this is a game where you're able to take a look at him. You know, you might ultimately decide that you need to utilize a red shirt. But I do think with some of the depth issues at linebacker now, that Pup Howard is going to play a lot this season. And if he can be efficient, then that's just better. The more fresh legs we can have on the field, especially if we're not sacrificing any talent, is huge. So I would love to see Pup Howard have an awesome day here. And I think the coaching staff would appreciate that a lot as well. For our keys to the game, we're sticking to four coming into the season. I typically only pick three keys to the game, but I like how the four worked out last week. We didn't quite convert them, but going to stick to four this week. Number one, I want to see us rush for 100 plus yards, specifically to carry on Joyner. I want all the haters to shut up. All the talent in the world is there. The offensive line just needs to do a better job. But when given the holes, Joyner will get it together. Yes, there was a couple times could have made an extra man miss. He's going to be learning. This is a new position for him. This is a game that he can take that next step and really take over that role. I'm going to say I'm expecting 100 yards from on Joyner. I think that's a goal on the day, but I think he's going to do it. That's my hot take. It's going to happen. You can pencil that one in. Key number two, and an obvious one, less than three sacks. This is a Furman team that does not have SEC or Power 5 talent up on their defensive line. They do have a great defensive tackle. We went over that in our season preview, but he should not be getting to Spencer Rattler. I don't even really want to see a sack on the day, but if we are less than three sacks, I understand sometimes a coverage sack can happen or just miscommunication, but it needs to be under three. If they are getting three or more, it's in big, big trouble, even worse than we thought, and I'm <laughs> that Georgia game is looking real scary. It already is, but if Furman is somehow able to string together three or more sacks, it looks even worse. Key number three on the opposite side, hold them to less than 100 rushing yards. We saw sort of a hot and cold approach to the run defense last week. At times, it looked very stout. It looked amazing, and at other times, we were exposed. I want to see consistency. Let's turn that into shutting down the run this week. It needs to be a focus. I think it's something that's very doable for the squad. Finally, our fourth and final key, do not allow more than 20 points. I know Furman might get theirs, but more than two touchdowns is not a good look. I don't even really want to see more than one touchdown, but we'll allow two in there, but hold them to less than 20 points. That is a key. And these keys in comparison to other games, not as important. There's a lot more ways to win this football game. But if we are trying to judge, are we taking a next step? Do we look better? I want to see these four things happen. I will feel a lot better going into Georgia. I'm not expecting to beat them, but I will feel as if we've taken a stride forward. That's all I want to see here. I want to see progress. I want to see us take care of business against a Furman football team. And a reminder to Gamecock Nation here, show out, home opener, night game at williams Bryce. Last week is last week. We have a long season ahead of us. Let's get that fire back going. This team's going to do amazing things this year. I can feel it. They will figure the struggles out, and we need to show them our support. 
So be there, be early, let's kill Furman and take that momentum into Georgia. I look forward to seeing y'all at the game. We're going to be out there early tailgating. We'll have the kids their first tailgate, so that'll be pretty exciting. And I'll be back on Tuesday to hopefully have a much more positive game recap next week. I look forward to seeing y'all then. And until then, go Cox! Thank you.